Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My name is Sarah, and I've been a park ranger for nearly a decade. I've spent countless nights overseeing campgrounds, ensuring that visitors have a peaceful and safe experience in the heart of nature. But one particular night at Wolf Creek Campground would forever haunt my dreams. It all started as a routine evening. Families set up their tents, kids gathered around campfires, and the smell of roasting marshmallows filled the air. As the sun began its descent, I made my rounds, checking in with campers and ensuring everyone had what they needed for the night. All seemed well, and the campground appeared to be the picture of tranquility. However, as darkness descended upon us, a chilling unease crept into the air. The first sign of trouble was the frantic shouts coming from one of the campsites. I rushed over to find a family in a state of panic. The tent had been torn apart from the inside, and their children were trembling with fear. Claw marks marred the fabric, and it was clear that something had violently invaded their camp. I tried to offer reassurance, suggesting it might have been a curious bear, 
But deep down, I knew this was no bear. It was something far more sinister. The eerie laughter that echoed through the night confirmed my suspicions. It was a laughter that sent shivers down my spine. An otherworldly, malevolent sound. As the night wore on, the reports grew more disturbing. Tents were shredded, food supplies were ransacked, and the once jovial campers were now huddled in fear. They spoke of shadowy figures moving in the woods, lurking just beyond the glow of the campfires. Some claimed to have seen enormous footprints in the mud, far larger than any bears. I couldn't deny it any longer. Something was terribly wrong in Wolf Creek Campground. It was a horror that defied explanation, and my duty as a ranger compelled me to confront it head on. With my flashlight in hand and a sense of dread weighing heavily on my shoulders, I ventured into the dark woods. The forest had always been my sanctuary, a place of solace and wonder, but that night it had become a realm of nightmares. The eerie laughter grew louder as I followed it deeper into the woods. Every rustling leaf, every snapping twig sent my heart racing. It was then that I saw it, a massive shadowy figure lurking among the trees. Its eyes glowed with an unnatural, malevolent light. As I shone my flashlight upon it, I saw the creature more clearly, towering at least ten feet tall, covered in matted fur with eyes that seemed to pierce my very soul. It was Bigfoot, the legendary monster of the wilderness. For a moment, we stood there, locked in a silent, tense confrontation. I could sense the malevolence emanating from this creature, and I knew it was responsible for the night's terror. But then, with a speed and agility that defied its enormous size, Bigfoot slipped away into the darkness, disappearing into the depths of the forest. I was left standing there, my heart pounding, my flashlight trembling in my grip. I had failed to capture the malevolent beast, and disappointment weighed heavily on my shoulders. Returning to the campground, I found the campers still shaken, but no longer under attack. Bigfoot had retreated, leaving behind a trail of devastation and fear. As the sun rose and the campground slowly returned to normal, I couldn't help but feel a profound sense of disappointment. I had let the campers down, failed in my duty to protect them from the malevolent Bigfoot that roamed these woods. I was a young highway patrol officer patrolling the highways of Maryland. It must have been around two or three in the morning. I was driving on Interstate 95, closing up towards Baltimore. The speed limit in that section of the highway is 65 miles an hour. I would always patrol between the two left lanes so people could see my lights and not get too comfortable driving 20 over the speed limit. As I came up to where 695 splits off from 95 northbound heading towards Fullerton, there was this dark figure standing in the right lane ahead of me. It looked like a person, but it did not move at all. Just stood there next to the barrier wall, separating the right lane from the exit ramp for Fullington Avenue North coming out of Philly. So naturally I sped up slowly to catch up with this person, thinking they must be injured or something. As I get closer, still maintaining the speed limit or just under, this thing turns its head to look at me, and I notice it has two glowing red eyes in the center of its face. It was very intense and terrifying, but what struck me most was its teeth. This thing had fangs like a wolf or bear, 
very sharp edges protruding out of its mouth. Its whole demeanor was extremely menacing. It did not look human at all, but when it turned around and stared right at me, I slammed on my brakes in sheer terror. I managed to get myself together after a couple of seconds, speeding away, hoping not to lose control of my car and wreck. Ironically, I heard radio communications from another officer about ten minutes later that a driver up the road had witnessed an upright, decaying animal running across the road. It was as if it had been hit by a car and left a trail of blood on the pavement for about fifty yards before completely disappearing from sight, crossing into another street. I'm not sure what this thing is, but I've never seen anything like it. Some friends and I would take my truck up in the mountains during the wintertime and tow someone on a tube across the snow. We'd drop the tailgate in my old long-bed Ford, and a few guys would sit in the back with one of those bazillion candlelight spotlights. When I was driving, it'd be fun to make really wide turns in the dark, so the person on the tube didn't have the luxury of headlights or taillights to somewhat illuminate their trail. The person in the bed of the truck with the spotlight would be funny and shine the light clear off to the side so it was pitch black if you were on the tube. One particular winter night a snowstorm was rolling in so we heated up to the usual spot and it was dark that night. A friend was on the tube. I was driving watching my mirrors as I'd swing him wide enough he had little light to see anything. The guy with the spotlight shined the light clear to the side of the truck, and as I checked my mirror and I made eye contact with a guy dressed in jeans, a red plaid shirt, and a blaze orange ball cap, as we made eye contact, I lost all control of my body for probably only five seconds, but it felt like an eternity. I stopped the truck and turned it around and asked the guys if they saw him. They all said no, so I flipped the truck around and turned on the high beams and they shined the spotlight all over. I got out and looked for footprints in the fresh snow saw nothing. That night we went back home and I told my dad about the weird experience and he didn't think anything of it. A week later on the news, the police reported finding a body in the area close to where we were and asked for any tips. My old man convinced me to call the police and tell them we were up in the area and saw that guy. I called and the police said they'd send an investigator over. He came over to the house. I recalled the same experience saying it happened seven days earlier. As soon as I said that, the investigator asked me you were sure on your date, which I was positive, and he showed me a picture of the body they found wearing the same red plaid shirt and blaze orange ball cap. He informed me the body had been on the mountain for at least one month, so I must have just seen something. Turns out it was a man who suffered from some mental handicaps and committed S on the mountain one month prior to when I saw him. Last year in northwest Florida, I was out hunting a swamp from a kayak. I had stayed out longer than I had wanted and went into the swamp further than I wanted. As darkness started creeping on me, I had a huge owl sweep down on me and almost hit me. It was absolutely silent. I never heard it until it had almost made contact with me. That started the puckering of the anus. After I somewhat calmed down from that, I noticed that a deafening silence had come over the swamp. Completely unusual. Then it started. As I was paddling, I noticed a sound off in the distance. It was a faint sound of drums and people singing. 
Now, where I was at was many miles in a swamp with one way in and many miles to any other access to solid land. As I sat and listened, it became obvious to me that I was hearing music and chanting of Native Americans. I sat listening for quite some time. It was the only sound in the entire swamp. Then, as quickly as I had noticed it, it had stopped. I paddled on in without any other sounds for the rest of the trip. Some years back, I was out deer hunting in southern Illinois. As usual, I was up and in the field by 3.30 a.m. I had scoped out my spot the day before and taped off some trees with fluorescent tape to help guide me through the dark. Well, that plan didn't work for shit. So here I am, walking around this forest in pitch blackness. I thought for sure I knew where I was going, but I got myself all turned around. I was in my teens at the time, so I slightly began panic. Thankfully, my pops taught me that if you ever find yourself lost in the darkness of the woods, just pop a squat and stay there until dawn. When dawn broke, I was able to see my deer blind was only ten or so yards from where I was at. It's not necessarily creepy, but that feeling of being totally lost in unfamiliar woods is extremely nerve-wracking. I was in a commercial building yesterday when I needed to use the washroom. So I borrowed a keycard from one of the offices and went to the washroom on that floor. It was a pretty small washroom with three stalls and two sinks. When I walked in the washroom, the woman has just walked out from the first stall and started washing her hands. I didn't want to use right after her, so I went to the third stall. I locked the stall. Then I lifted the toilet cover and found that it was nasty inside. So I went back outside to use the second stall. The woman was still washing her hands. I headed in the second stall as the woman asked in my direction, Catherine, you done yet? I was confused, F. But then I heard a voice from the third stall replying, Not yet. Maybe you should head back to office first. I was very confused and I finished using as soon as possible. All three stalls were empty as I got out, but I didn't hear anyone entering or leaving the washroom. The washroom door has to be unlocked with a card when entering and leaving, which makes a beep sound. I still could not comprehend what happened now. A few years later, I was out hunting with a friend when we lost legal light. So we hiked back to the truck and hit the road in his parents' new Ford, half-ton, the ones with the sensors all over the vehicle. We had some music playing as we were just heading back towards town again when the music started acting weird and cutting in and out with static. So me being in the passenger seat disconnected the Bluetooth and reconnected the phone. Music cleared up and we continued down the road. We got up to the cane board on the road that my previous encounter took place and I mentioned... Oh, hey, that's the whistle block that we logged a couple years back. Half-jokingly, because I couldn't make heads or tails of it, my friend replied, Great, thanks for that, as I had told him the story before. We continued slowly driving down the road because it gets pretty rough in a couple spots, and the road has a few sharp turns and an S-bend. Well, we go about a kilometer further, and the music starts screeching and doing what we can only describe as alien noises. So I disconnect the Bluetooth again, and my friend says, Oh, Mom's got a cord in here. 
So he stops and gets the cord for me. I plug the phone in and play music again. Another kilometer down the road and the phone goes apeshit. I mean loud alien squealing. And sounds similar to that shitty dial-up internet noise from the 90s. We had started into the S-Bend when this was happening and we shut the music off completely as we are driving still, making the one half of the F-turn and then we both look up from the music deck screen and the headlight illuminate a figure standing in the middle of the road. So we swerve and take the ditch a bit still going, probably 30 kilometers an hour, and get the truck back up on the road. We continue coasting down the road as we are both in awe after just seeing a flash of this thing. I finally say after what seemed like five quiet minutes, Man, did you just see? My friend cuts me off and says, A skeleton in the middle of the road. I say, Yeah, like a white rib cage. And then a deer skull for a face. He finishes. I said, Turn around. What the F was that? Does someone need our help? Not thinking that we are in the middle of nowhere, with no vehicles around, or any that we had passed from other hunters. It was early season, and no one bow hunts here anyways. My friend said, I'm not turning around. I feel sick. Like I'm going to throw up. And he continued driving. We didn't see another vehicle until we hit pavement again. It was taller than the pickup by easily a couple feet. I'm six feet one and my forehead is at the top of the window for reference. It has black surrounding the white of the bones with long arms half stretched to its sides as if it was saying, try and hit me. I watched this thing pass the passenger window and stared up at it as we wailed by it and it was definitely three-dimensional tall with long arms and dark, dead looking, like light was sucked into it without reflecting anything. Hard to explain. When we hit service again, my friend received a text message from his mother saying, What'd you two idiots hit in my brand new truck? I guess the new Ford send near accident reports to the owner when the sensors pick up something. I'm an old school chitty guy, so I don't know. Ha ha. The only thing I can find online that resembles what we both saw is a Wendigo without the antlers, or the headlights didn't illuminate them anyway. I remember the cold winter night of January 4th, 1996, like it was yesterday. I was out in the Malala River area with my friend Mark, investigating reports of strange noises and sightings. We had heard rumors of Bigfoot activity in the area, and we were eager to see if there was any truth to them. As we made our way through the woods, we heard a strange whistling sound. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. At first, we thought it was just the wind, but then we heard it again. This time, it was louder, and it sounded like it was coming from just a few feet away. We froze in fear, not knowing what to expect. Suddenly... We heard two loud, yeah, who's coming from the same direction as the whistling. 
It was so close that we could feel the ground vibrating beneath our feet. We knew that this wasn't something natural, and we were petrified. Mark and I looked at each other in disbelief, wondering what kind of creature could make such a sound. We knew we had to investigate further, but we also knew that we couldn't do it alone. We made a plan to come back with a team of investigators, including two members who had night vision glasses. We wanted to see if we could catch a glimpse of whatever it was that had made those terrifying sounds. The weekend of January 27th and 28th finally arrived, and we set out into the woods once again. This time we were better prepared, and we had the support of our team behind us. As we walked through the woods, we kept our eyes peeled for any signs of movement. We had set up cameras and recording equipment, hoping to capture some evidence of what we were dealing with. Suddenly, we heard the whistling sound again, followed by the same loud ya. Hoes from before. This time it was coming from just a few yards away. We turned on our night vision glasses and what we saw made our blood run cold. Standing in front of us was a massive creature, standing over seven feet tall. Its fur was dark and shaggy, and its eyes glowed in the light of our cameras. It let out another loud yahoo before disappearing back into the woods. We were stunned, but also excited. We had finally found proof of Bigfoot in the Malala River area. Our investigation had been a success, and we knew that we had to share our findings with the world. From that night on, I was obsessed with the idea of finding more evidence of Bigfoot. I went on to become a well-known researcher in the field, and I dedicated my life to studying these elusive creatures. But no matter how many times I saw or heard evidence of Bigfoot, I would never forget that cold winter night in 1996 when I first heard its terrifying call. It was a chilly fall evening, and I was looking for some adventure with my group of friends. We had heard rumors about an old abandoned morgue or mental house that was located a few miles away from our town. We were curious and decided to check it out. As we approached the building, I could feel my heart beating faster with anticipation. The place was creepy, and I couldn't help but feel like we were being watched. We cautiously made our way inside and began exploring the rooms, which were filled with old medical equipment and abandoned furniture. Suddenly, we heard a low growling sound coming from the other side of the building. It was like nothing we had ever heard before, and we immediately froze in fear. As the sound grew louder, we realized that it was not coming from any normal animal. It sounded almost like a mix between a dog and a human. Before we could react, a massive creature appeared in front of us. It was a dogman, a terrifying creature with the body of a large wolf and the head of a human. We screamed and ran in all directions, trying to escape the creature's grasp. As my friends scattered, I found myself alone and desperate to find a way out. I quickly made my way towards the loading dock, hoping to escape through there. But the dogman was hot on my trail, and I could hear it getting closer. And closer. I reached the loading dock and quickly looked for a way out. My heart was pounding in my chest, and I could feel the creature's hot breath on the back of my neck. I spotted a ladder leading up to the roof and quickly climbed up it. From the roof, I could see my friends running in all directions, trying to escape the creature's wrath. I knew I had to do something to distract it, so I began throwing anything I could find on the roof at the dogman. 
The creature was momentarily distracted, giving me enough time to make my escape. I ran as fast as I could, not daring to look back. I could hear the creature's footsteps behind me, but I refused to stop until I was far away from the morgue. Finally, after what seemed like hours, I reached the safety of my car and drove away as fast as possible. The experience had shaken me to the core, and I knew that I would never be the same again. The dogman had been real, and had come dangerously close to killing me. I vowed never to go near that morgue again and warned all my friends to stay away from that cursed place. The remote wilderness surrounding the park had always held its fair share of mysteries, but the recent string of hiker disappearances had us on edge. As park rangers, it was our duty to protect and serve, and this new threat demanded our immediate attention. The pattern was alarming. All the missing hikers had vanished in the vicinity of a recently discovered unexplored cave. It was a place we knew little about, and its dark allure beckoned us to uncover its secrets. With a mix of curiosity and trepidation, we gathered our gear and ventured into the depths of the unknown. The entrance to the cave was foreboding, its yawning mouth inviting us to step into a world hidden beneath the earth. We cautiously made our way inside, flashlights illuminating the path ahead. As we traversed the labyrinthine tunnels, an unsettling silence settled around us, broken only by the echoes of our footsteps. Suddenly, we stumbled upon a hidden network of interconnected chambers. Our beams of light pierced the darkness, revealing a scene that chilled us to the core. A reclusive and cannibalistic group of creatures lurked within these caverns, their grotesque forms a macabre sight. They crouched, their long, skinny arms hanging limply against their sides. Their heads resembled those of emaciated humans, as if they were dying of malnutrition. Their massive chests and prominent rib cages spoke of their hunger and desperation. What we had initially mistaken for white fur turned out to be their sickly white, death-like skin with undertones of gray. Their eyes, half the size of their heads, completely reflected the sunlight, a haunting and overworldly glare. Before we could fully comprehend the horror before us, the creatures lunged at us with savage ferocity. Panic set in as we fought back, desperately defending ourselves against their relentless onslaught. It was a harrowing battle for survival within the confines of that dark abyss. Only two of us managed to escape the clutches of those cannibalistic creatures, battered and bloodied. As we stumbled out into the daylight, gasping for breath, the gravity of the situation sank in. We knew that simply retreating wasn't enough. These monsters would continue to prey upon unsuspecting visitors if left unchecked. In our minds, there was only one option. We had to seal that cave forever, eradicating the threat that lurked within. We gathered our remaining strength and resolved to create an improvised bomb powerful enough to collapse the cave upon itself. It was a risky endeavor, but we saw no other way to protect future hikers from falling victim to those abominations. As we placed the bomb and set the timer, we exchanged a knowing look. We understood that we could never speak of this horror, for who would believe us? With a heavy heart, we pressed the detonator and watched as the cave trembled and crumbled, sealing away the darkness and the creatures forever. As the dust settled and we stood in the aftermath, we vowed to carry this secret to our graves. 
The park would continue to welcome visitors unaware of the nightmare that had lurked beneath its serene surface. Two summers ago, as my friend was going home, they saw something tall and broad cross the road about 50 yards in front of their car. From what they said, it had wide shoulders, a narrow waist, and a box-like head. They think the sound of their car caused it to pause. When it did, one of its triangular ears flicked. They slowed down, unsure of what they were seeing. Whatever this was took a few steps and disappeared onto the other side of the road. After telling me this, I went out to the area and took some photos. It's in a somewhat swampy area with trees all around. The road is rather isolated and the slope along either side is not steep. It's gradual decline to the water's edge. Deer are plentiful in this area. It sounds very much like my friend saw dogmen, but can't be sure. They said they were in such shock at what they were seeing. They could not provide a lot of detail as to height, weight, etc. This happened very near the Tennessee and Kentucky border. Has anyone else seen anything in the western Tennessee area? So this is a second-hand account coming from a close friend who's given me no reason to doubt them. Main event, February 27th, 2023, my friend was driving home from work and passing down my country road sometime between 5 p.m. and 5.59 p.m., less than a mile from my house at the end of my township, within 1,000 feet of the closest house, he saw an unknown creature. It was at the edge of the road as if it were about to cross. It was pitch black, very furry, had a bobbed tail in the face of a pit bull. I could see its jowls. It had dog-like ears, slender but muscular, and was standing on all fours. When it saw me, it paid no attention to me, but slowly turned around and leapt back into the woods. When it leapt, it jumped like a frog. Its legs were turned out just like a frog's. It was appropriately the size of a Great Dane on all fours. He was uncertain if it had humanoid feet and couldn't identify much else. Where he reported to have seen it is in a wooded area, right beside a small bayou, and there is a notable nook. That leads off into the woods, right around where he saw it. The very same night after he saw it, I heard strange noises around midnight, akin to something climbing a wooden structure. Thuds, and the sound of wood bowing. Side events possibly unrelated. Six or so years ago, I saw something strange leap between one section of woods to another across a highway about a half mile from my home. It was black, hairy, and ape-like at a glimpse. About three years ago, me and my wife heard a tapping on the window behind us around midnight. We laughed about it at first, but my cousin from across the street called me moments after and said there's something big in your yard. I could hear it running through your yard. It's in the woods now. We investigated and heard it rustling through trees, but never saw it. The next morning, outside the window that was tapped on was a large humanoid footprint, barefoot, to tap on the glass would require something to stand, upright, at least five feet minimum, given the lifted. Foundation. About three years ago, me and a buddy were hanging out, and we saw something strange walk into my cousin's yard across the street. It was large, black, and furry. It walked on all fours and appeared like a pig at first glance. We scoped in on it and couldn't determine what it was. It had a dog-like snout, 
with the stature and build of a hog. It was about the size of a large hog, or perhaps a large bear cub. I don't remember it having a tail. It sniffed around his house, circled it, and went back into the woods. About a year ago, I was driving at night from the far end of my road. There is a curve approximately a half mile from where my friend reported seeing the creature. In the curve, as I banked a bit, my headlights shined into the woods and revealed eye shine about six feet off the ground. I stopped the car next to where the eye shine was to examine it. I didn't see anything else but the smell of rotting meat flooded the car and I promptly left. About a year ago, I was outside around midnight when I heard a strange noise in my cousin's yard. I shined a flashlight over there and caught some eye shine at average height from the ground. It looked at me and kept walking into the wood line. In my experience, if you spotlight something and can see its eye shine, they stop and stare at you. This thing kept going, but watched me the whole time. I continued to shine into the wood line for a bit longer, and it returned about fifteen feet down the wood line. It stared at me from within the woods and turned around. I continued to shine my light and caught it one more time in the same place as the second encounter. It looked at me for a moment and turned away. I didn't see the eye shine again. At the time, I had an eerie feeling that it seemed to sentient to be a deer or a hog. Maybe a big cat, but no normal woodland critter from around here. Bonus event, probably unrelated. For the past two weeks, my entire property has reeked of skunk. Our house gets sprayed from time to time by local skunks, but the smell usually dissipates after two days. This time, it's almost been two weeks, and the smell is pungent even out on the road by my house. My home seems to be the epicenter, but the smell extends around 100 yards around my home in all directions. All of these instances were just strange coincidences until my friend saw this creature yesterday. Now, I'm not ruling them out as possible encounters with this creature. Any and all guesses as to the nature of this creature are appreciated. Uh, he was in a hotel in Italy once. I went there all alone, and the first night I tried to sleep in my room. Something started happening. As I was laying in bed and slowly falling asleep, someone would knock at my door. It knocked, and I heard the voice of my mom saying, C.R., open the door. I looked up against the door in fear and thought, No way, that can't be my mom because she wasn't in Italy at all. I was shocked, but I tried to go back asleep without responding or standing up. So it starts knocking again, and I look up at the door again. C.R., open the door, Ma. My mom with a very sad voice. It was frightening and my heart would pump. I decided to stand up and walk slowly to the door. There was a peephole in that door and I watched through. Across the hallway I saw this black figure with a black hat just standing still in the shadow and watching me. No face to be recognized. I stepped slowly back and went back to bed. Much more things would follow before I finally fell asleep. What? When I woke up in the morning and walked to the door, I would realize that there was no peephole in that door at all. I was freaked out because I was 100% sure that I was wink when all those things happened last night. 